0: Hello and welcome to the Art Engager podcast with me, Claire Bowne. I'm here to share techniques and tools to help you engage with your audience and bring art, objects and ideas to life. So let's dive into this week's show. Hello and welcome back to the Art Engager podcast. I'm your host, Claire Bown of Thinking Museum, and this is episode 101. So for the next few weeks, I'm choosing my favourite podcasts from the back catalogue. So with over 100 episodes to now choose from, I'm taking this opportunity to revisit some of the episodes I've most enjoyed putting together. So, in today's rebroadcast, I'm talking about curiosity. So, this was a really popular episode back in February 2022, so quite some time ago when it was first published. And it was the first of two episodes about this subject. So, in this rebroadcast, I'm going to be talking about how you can cultivate curiosity with your groups. But before that... Don't forget, last week in our Milestone 100th episode, I was talking to educator, researcher, best-selling author and speaker, Ron Richhart. We talked about what making thinking visible is, how to create a culture of thinking, and Ron shares lots of tips, so many tips throughout this episode on establishing rapport in limited time, using thinking routines as tools to support thinking, and the power of questions. This is one episode you won't want to miss. So do go back and listen to episode 100 if you haven't already. Now, now that we're over 100 episodes, this podcast is a great resource, but it's also quite an undertaking. It takes hours every week to ensure that new episodes are designed, edited and released. If you want to support the show and keep it going from strength to strength, you can do so by treating me to a cup of tea on buymeacoffee.com forward slash Claire Bound. I'll put a link in the show notes. And please help this podcast reach more people. Share about it on your social media accounts. Like and comment on my feeds too. And do recommend The Art Engager to all your friends. Thanks for the support. It really does help to keep this show growing. So let's get on to our episode sharing three ways to cultivate Curiosity, and I'll be back at the end to sum up. So, let's start by talking a little bit about what curiosity is and why it's important. Then, I'll suggest some ways that you can provoke or foster curiosity and wonder with your audiences on your tours and programmes. Now, curiosity is notoriously difficult to define. And it's even harder to work out how to harness and foster it. So you could define it as an eagerness to encounter what is new or unfamiliar. It's basically the desire to learn, to understand new things, and to know how they work. It's probably best described as the desire to understand what you do not. Now, psychologist Daniel Berline is one of the most important figures in the 20th century study of curiosity. He was really interested in why people get interested in things. And he distinguished between different types of curiosity, so perceptual, epistemic, specific, and diversive. George Lowenstein, he was influenced by Berline's ideas, and he built his information gap theory out of this. And this is where it gets interesting. According to Lowenstein, curiosity comes when we feel a gap between what we know and what we want to know. And this gap has emotional consequences. It feels like an itch, something we need to scratch. And we seek out new knowledge because that's how we scratch the itch. But it's not all about seeking out new information. Curiosity is also about being open, open to learning the unknown. It can also be about asking questions and finding out more, but it may show up as a way to approach life. And we'll talk about more about this next week. So this week we're focusing really on how to foster more curiosity with your groups. If you want to read about this subject as a whole, then I really recommend Ian Leslie's book, it's called Curious, the Desire to Know and Why Your Future Depends on It, and it's a really good read on curiosity. So, we know that artworks, objects, artifacts, they all have the power to inspire, to provoke curiosity and interest. In the museum, we quite often make unexpected discoveries, we find new artists. Or we discover new artworks we didn't know about. We find out information that we hadn't heard of before. And these new finds take us to new places that we haven't been to. So how can we really ensure that we're harnessing that power and doing all we can to provoke curiosity and wonder amongst our participants on our programmes? So I'm going to share with you three different ways that you can foster curiosity. So the first way is through thinking routines. Now, when I lead discussions using thinking routines, we can easily discuss one object or artwork for 15, 30, 60 minutes or more. Now, how is it feasibly possible to sustain interest and curiosity for this length of time? Well, thinking routines have a series of questions, they're open-ended questions, and these work to fire up the group's curiosity. And their curiosity to find out more drives the discussion. The group keep wondering, they keep asking questions, they keep wanting the discussion to continue. And after the discussion, participants leave wanting to return. They want to learn more about other objects too. So thinking routines are a really good way of fostering that curiosity with your participants. Thinking routines like Zoom In, See Think Wonder, See Wonder Connect, they're all about observing, interpreting and wondering. And if you think about Zoom In with that slow reveal of the image, This really works to fire up curiosity. People are desperate to see the whole image by the end. And the other two routines, See, Think, Wonder, See, Wonder, Connect, they both have wondering parts built into this routine. So you can actually find out what questions people have and what they're curious to know more about. Now, not only that, but object experiences using thinking routines arouse memories, they bring up connections and they encourage participants to share personal stories and making your thoughts about an object visible, bringing your wonderings out into the open and having these conversations about objects can be an uplifting and sometimes even a transformative experience. So the exploration of artworks and objects through thinking routines and slow looking and discussion really fires up curiosity. It leads to lots and lots of questions, ideas and themes related to it. It's really a case of the more you look, the more you see, the more interesting the object becomes. The slow or the sustained looking helps to fire up that curiosity. So the next point I want to bring up is all about wondering and curiosity. Now, wonder is connected to curiosity, our desire to know. Philosophy begins with a sense of wonder, at the meaning of things. And we wonder at the nature and meaning of things in the pursuit of knowledge and finding out more. Now, a staple part of all my discussions, all my online and in-person teaching is asking the question, what are you wondering about? I ask this throughout the discussion. I also use what puzzles you or what are you curious to know more about? I encourage participants to wonder out loud whenever they have a thought or a question. And sometimes we even start a discussion with writing down everything we're wondering about. But why do this? Well, first of all, you're encouraging participants to make their thinking visible. So whatever ideas or connections are happening in their heads, they're saying these thoughts out loud. Secondly, by encouraging wondering questions in your art discussions, you know exactly what your participants are curious about. Therefore, you always know exactly what information to add. And when you should add it, because you can just answer their questions. Now, you can keep a record of all their I wonder questions or theories, and you can use them to develop future programs and art discussions. These will all harness their curiosity. They're all things that past participants have been curious about. And you can see if there is a pattern in which there are themes and subjects that people really want to know more about. Now, when someone asks you a wondering question, think first, where could I go with this? And then, what could I share now that will answer this question and drive curiosity further? But don't feel obligated to answer every wondering. You could also encourage the group to puzzle out some answers on their own too. Ask, you know, what does everyone in the group think? Does anyone have any theories or ideas? Do you feel the same or do you feel differently? And here are a few extra tips for driving curiosity and wonder. So first of all, sort of build a culture of exploration. Share your own wonders when you're with groups. You can model this curiosity and wondering yourself. Tell the group, well, I'm always wondering about such and such. It's really infectious and the rest of the group will pick up on your enthusiasm. Now you can create a wonder wall, you really only need a large sheet of paper and some post-its and you can save some questions on the wonder wall to answer later. If you're with a school group, you can get the teacher perhaps to write down some questions or you can get people to write them down on post-its and stick them on the wall. You can come back to it at the end of the session or at the end of the programme and maybe look at a few last questions as well. So keep your themes relevant and interesting to the group you're with. This will encourage wondering. So make sure what's intriguing to one group is perhaps intriguing to another group. So what's intriguing to a group of teens may not work with a group of seniors. And allow time and space in your programme for wondering. Build this into every discussion. So actively exploring objects and artworks through thinking routines and open-ended questions rather than just presenting information to your group, it really gets this enthusiasm for wondering going. Do keep your responses non-judgmental and neutral and then you are really encouraging a community of wanderers who feel happy and confident to contribute and this will help to foster more curiosity. So lastly, let's look at the way information can drive and also stifle curiosity. Now, when we know nothing about a subject, we find it hard to engage with. We have no idea at this point whether we're going to find it interesting or not. And we might also feel a little bit intimidated at this point by the prospect of what we don't know, the huge amount of information that we need to learn about it. On the other hand, when we know lots about a subject, we're unlikely to be interested in learning more about it. We already know it. We already have it covered. So this is where it gets interesting, because in between these two states, the knowing nothing and knowing everything, is what's called the zone of proximal learning, or as Ian Leslie calls it in his book, the curiosity zone. And he says, the curiosity zone is next door to what you already know, just before you feel you know too much. So unless you're in the curiosity zone, it's really hard to get interested in something. So some starting information is useful to get your participants into the zone. In this case, it could be contextual information, So perhaps you could place an artwork within a certain time period or let them know the artist or even why the curator has hung all these artworks together. This is a hook, if you like, to get them curious to know more. But the information you share doesn't have to be contextual. I've had plenty of art discussions where I haven't shared any information at all and people have still been curious throughout. And they're curious because they want to hear what other people in the group are suggesting. They want to hear more about other people's personal connections with an artwork, or they're perhaps curious to see where the discussion will go next, or what question I'm going to ask. So this is a different kind of information that they are sharing, but it's still enough to get your audience into the curiosity zone. So the more we know about something, the more intense our curiosity is to find out what we don't know. And it's important to add information that will continue to pique that curiosity. So, for example, some information will not add anything to their curiosity, whilst other information might provide a light bulb moment. So when you're thinking about what information you share with your groups, Think about what you could share that might provide light bulb moments. So here are some tips. So first of all, don't share everything at once. Keep dripping information in small amounts when you need to pique curiosity in your groups or perhaps when you feel they cannot go any further with looking alone. So small amounts, drip your information slowly. Also don't leave all your information until the end either because this can be frustrating and it can kill off curiosity. It can sometimes feel like here's a here's the real story and this will invalidate everything that's gone before so do be wary of this. Remember that small pieces of information spark curiosity whilst large information dumps smother it. You can almost feel the energy of the group disappearing as they're listening to someone talking and talking and emptying everything they know about a subject onto their unsuspecting audience. Don't kill curiosity. Fear kills curiosity too, so you need to create an environment in your programs where all participants feel they can ask questions and make contributions. So make it a culture that is open to curiosity, wonder and questioning. If you're telling a story, try to provoke curiosity by getting your audience to really care about what happens next or how it will turn out. Think about how much information you could tell them and when you might share this information. You could also think about what you might withhold for a while. So something like the title of an artwork is always good, especially if it's provocative or revealing. And this generates momentum and curiosity. Or you could share some information as a teaser with no further explanation and get the group to think about it by exploring their thoughts. This will generate questions in their mind and in turn get them curious. But beware, you can only go so far with this. If the group suspects that you are withholding information on purpose or that you're withholding it for too long, then that will lead to frustration or even unfortunately, annoyance. You could also remind your group that you may not arrive at at a definitive answer or there may not be a definitive interpretation for what you're looking at. Art discussions are not the same as googling an answer to a question. You may not arrive at a destination and it's good to share that we don't have the answers to everything and that there are some unresolved mysteries out there and mysteries of course inspire long-term curiosity and wondering so that's my three suggestions for different ways to spark curiosity with your audience using thinking routines creating more wondering moments and thinking carefully about how you share your information and knowledge If you want to know more about curiosity, do listen to episode 39. This is where I'm exploring all the ways we can stay curious as educators. Thank you for listening today. And don't forget, every Friday I send out my weekly curated newsletter full of inspiration and ideas. I'll put a link in the show notes so that you can sign up too. That's it for this week. Next week, I'll be back with another favourite episode. Goodbye for now. Thank you for listening to the Art Engager podcast with me, Claire Bowne. You can find more art engagement resources by visiting my website, thinkingmuseum.com. And you can also find me on Instagram, at Thinking Museum, where I regularly share tips and tools on how to bring art to life and engage your audience. If you've enjoyed this episode, please share with others and subscribe to the show on your podcast player of choice. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next time.